I want to go back to the book of Genesis this morning, to go back to the beginning. And whenever we go back to the beginning, and typically when we look at the Hebrew scriptures, many of us come with a preconceived notion about what God was like back then. I want us to look today as if God had not changed. And I want to give you some scriptures from the New Testament that will convince you that God has not changed. It's possible that occasionally he changes his mind based on the prayers of people, but his character doesn't change From Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15. He is talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created. We're going to be reading in Genesis about the creation in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, we're going to be looking at Adam's dominion this morning, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. We are going to be looking at God in Genesis, and we have to remember that he hasn't changed. In him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. We read again in, in Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Has not changed. And even when he was on the earth, in John chapter 14, verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. So let's go now to Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. We've gone through the creation of everything. Now we're going to start talking about the creation of man. We're going to look at man, woman, how the relationship was set up, and what went wrong. And we're going to also be looking at the relationship with God. Perhaps the attachments between the two and what went wrong. The attachments between man and God and what they were before sin and what they became after the sin. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our 
image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You know, there's going to be a creeping thing that's going to enter the story. They actually have dominion over those creeping things. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. God actually gave the man, the male and female, the man and his wife, he gave them a job. Were they supposed to stay in the garden? Wait until someone invented the big screen television, invented the sofa. They were supposed to take the plan of the garden, what God had done in the garden, and replicate it in the rest of the earth. He planted a garden. They were supposed to take the genius of that And they were supposed to spread it to the rest of the earth. Somehow we think they were just supposed to stay in the garden for the rest of their lives and live happily ever after. That was never the plan. God also wanted something else. I believe he wanted them to take their relationship with him and spread it to the rest of the world, to the rest of the earth, particularly to their children. Adam was supposed to give it to Eve. Eve was supposed to spread it. I don't know how long they were supposed to stay in the Garden of Eden, but a generation or two perhaps. And I don't know when they would overflow the garden, but We all know about overflows. You have to move to a new place, and you take what you have done. You take the pattern of that. You take the beauty of that, and then you transplant it. That's being life-giving. That's spreading the life that you have, and that's what they were supposed to do. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. This is one of my favorite verses in all of the scripture. 
Most of us, when we hear this, we think that God brought the animals to the man to name them. It's very clear in this verse and also in the Hebrew that he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. If your dog has a litter of puppies, there are two ways that you could name them. You could tell your child, can you name the puppies? Or you could say, sweetheart, come here. I want to see what you're going to name them. Oh, this one's friendly. I'll call him friendly. Daddy, this one has a spot. I'll call him spot. And whatever he called them, that was its name. Do you see the delight of the father in his child, in his son? I want to pause for a moment right now because it's so, so important that you don't miss this. Do you have a challenge in your life? I imagine most of us do. The father is saying, I want to see what you're going to do with this problem. I'm going to be there with you. You can do it. I'm going to see how you are going to handle that problem. It doesn't say that God wanted to hear what he would call them. He actually wanted to see it. He wanted to be with his son, and he wanted to delight in his son. I want you to pause right now. I'm going to take our first break, our first discussion right now, and I want you to take this as a very serious demonstration of who God was and who he still is for you. He delights in you, and he wants to see what you're going to do. And he knows you can handle the challenge that is before you. So pause right now and discuss among yourselves, what is the situation that you could say, this is a challenge for me. I want you to notice that Adam named all the birds, all the livestock, every beast of the field. This was a tremendous challenge. Probably he had never done anything like that. In fact, I know he'd never done anything like that. It was encyclopedic. It was amazing. And maybe we should do this exercise just alone without talking with one another, just for you to think that your father delights in you to the point that he wants to see how you're going to handle the challenges. And if there's some challenge that's too big for you, he would love for you to ask him how he might want you to handle that right now. Let's take a minute. 